Let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, and we look forward to what the Lord has for us uh, in His Word this morning. And in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, while you're turning there, let me remind you about the service tonight at 6 o'clock, uh, the sidewalk sale is going on with our publications ministry, and so we'll have a great time in church tonight. I'm planning on preaching from this uh, same chapter this evening, obviously a different message, but I believe it'll be a help to us and a reminder for us, and uh, the longer I'm saved, uh, the more I realize I need to be reminded uh, about the things I'm going to remind us from the Word of God this evening. And what is the main focus? What is, the, what, what is, what is it all about? And uh, we're going to be reminded of that this morning. And then tonight's message will tie right into that. I think it will be a help to us. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to begin with verse number 11. And we're going to read down. We're going to read several verses this morning. We're going to read from verse 11 down to verse number 25. And so uh, you follow along with me uh, in your Bible this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll begin reading in verse number 11. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Now it's good for us to be reminded that it's Paul who's writing this letter. Verse 13, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect." For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. As we look at this passage of Scripture, I want to draw your attention to a couple of different phrases. In verse 13, is Christ divided? In verse 17, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Same verse, lest the cross of Christ. Verse 18, for the preaching of the cross. Verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified. Verse 24, Christ, the power of God. This morning, I want to preach a message I've entitled, Distractions from the Cross. Distractions from the Cross. Father, I pray that you would use your word this morning. May we as believers, may we as the redeemed, may we be reminded this morning of what it's all about. May we as a church keep our focus on the 
main goal of the church. May we as individual Christians, may we be reminded that it is truly all about Christ. And Father, maybe as we look into this passage of Scripture, we see some areas that we can be distracted in. May we determine to not be distracted, but to keep our focus where it should be. And Father, I pray once again this morning that if there's someone unsaved, they've yet to put their faith and trust in Christ, whether they be in the service, be watching my live stream, listening by radio this morning, may they put their faith and trust in the one, the only one who can save sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask this in your name. Amen. This morning, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, Paul, as he writes, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he is reminding Christians of the most important thing, the main message. What is the main message? I, I'll remind you again, it's the gospel as we see in verse number 17. It's the gospel which is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. For there is nothing else that can save a man but the gospel. What is the main message? What is the main focus? It's the cross of Christ as we are reminded of in verse number 17 as well. It is truly about the cross. It's not just a, a song that we sing. It's not just a, a tagline or a hashtag. It is about the cross of Christ. What is the focus in verse 18? Remind us the preaching of the cross. We, we, don't, we don't need more self-help preaching. We need more preaching on the cross. What is the main message? It's Christ crucified. And risen again. See, every need of man can be met with the cross. The need of our nation is more greater than a political revolution. Is the cross can change a nation. The cross is what our nation needs. <laughs> the need of society today is the cross. The need of this world is the cross. And quite frankly and sadly, there's, there's a lot of churches that could get a, some life in them again, and they could be resurrected, if you will, if the cross would become the focus once again. And it's a reminder for you and I, as Paul is writing to these Christians, that the focus is about the cross. Yet when I say the cross, we certainly are reminded it's not about the wood that was fashioned into that shape. It was about the one who was nailed to the cross. See, without it being the cross of Christ, it's just another instrument of torture and death. But friend, we look to the cross of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the virgin-born Son of God, the, the sinless, spotless Lamb, the one who rose again from the dead three days after he died on that cross. May I just say this morning that I'm grateful for the cross. I'm grateful for the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was willing to go to that cross. And he went to that cross and he paid the sin debt of this preacher. He paid your sin debt. He paid the sin debt of the soldiers who held him and nailed his hands to that cross. He paid the sin debt of those who, who plucked his beard and, and smote him. He paid their sin debt. He paid the sin debt of the that, that soldier, that Roman soldier who took that cat of nine tails and, 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 and whipped him and beat him. And he was beaten to the point where he could not even be recognized as a man. Everyone who mocked him as they walked by and they spit on him, he died for their sins. 
Friends, he died for the sins of every man. I'm thankful for the cross. The cross is life-changing. Well, you can go to a church and you can have a good quote-unquote experience, but it's the cross that changes your life. It's the cross that, that, that changes a home. It's the cross that changes eternity. I'm thankful for the cross because it's not just a religious symbol to me, and it shouldn't just be a religious symbol to you, but it is a, is a representation of, of what took place so that my eternity could be changed, so that your eternity could be changed, so that the eternity of any man could be changed. I'm thankful for the cross. I believe that we would be in agreement this morning that it is the cross that makes the difference. I believe you and I, if I gave us time this morning to go around the room and allowed every person an opportunity to give a testimony this morning of their gratitude of the cross, I believe we would all say something similar. We would have no hope without the cross of Christ. We would have no future without the cross of Christ. We could do nothing without the cross of Christ. And as a, as a parent, as a father, I, would, I could give testimony. I'm thankful for the cross of Christ because my children can know they're saved and, and because of my family can know they're saved. And we would all give testimony of what the cross means to us. I don't think this morning that we're a crowd that has to be convinced of the importance of the cross. But what if we get distracted from the cross? I would say if we get distracted from the cross, we might become a society that used to be in God we trust to cursing His name. If we get distracted from the cross, we can come from a society where everybody goes to Sunday school on Sunday to one that Christians fill NFL stadiums on Sunday. If we get distracted, we could be, as Christians, one generation away in our own family, whether or not our own children or grandchildren would ever hear a clear presentation of the gospel. See, it's, it's not a matter for you and I this morning, and what Paul is writing, these Christians, the, these, are, these are Christians who believed in the cross, these are Christians who, 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 were, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, but they were getting distracted from what is the main subject, the main focus, a resurrected Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're not careful today, we as a church can become distracted by what is the most important thing. It is the cross of Christ. There, there are messages that can be preached. There are messages that can be proclaimed that may not be bad messages, but they pale in comparison to a risen Savior. They pale in comparison to the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ. But you and I this morning, we must... Be aware that there are some distractions from the cross. We find them right here in this passage of Scripture. And I would say that, that if, if these Christians could be distracted, you and I can get distracted. See, we're reminded because of Christ and because of the gospel and faith in what Christ did, once you're saved, you're always saved. There's nothing nobody can do about that. 
And God has commissioned us and through our own testimony. And I'm afraid too many times as a Christian, we don't understand the power of our own testimony. The power of telling somebody else what Christ did for us and how he changed us and faith in him and what it did to our sins and the home in heaven we have. One of the greatest tools and tricks of our enemy, the devil, is not to try and convince those who have believed in the cross and believe in a resurrected Savior of the ineffectiveness of what Christ did because I, for one, could never be convinced of that because I know what it's done for me. But he has a tool that I'm afraid he uses too often, and it's the tool of distraction. And friend, I want to help us this morning, and as a church, I want us to be helped as we look at these distractions from the cross, and may we take note so that you and I are not distracted. And I'll move hastily this morning. I want you to look, first of all, and see the first distraction I find in this passage of Scripture. It's a distraction of personality. Look at me at verse number 12. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ. Paul asked the question in verse 13, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. Paul begins and he's writing and he says, I, I know that there's some contention there. I know that there's some things you're contending over. And what had happened as, as Christ is resurrected and as Christ is ascended into heaven and, and people were getting saved and there were those who were preaching the gospel and, and the personalities got involved. And no doubt there were some that if they were baptized by Paul, knowing Paul's history, knowing that Paul was a Christian killer and, and Paul was, was a persecutor. Well, I don't know if I'd want to be baptized by Paul. And others say, well, I was baptized by Apollos and I of Cephas. And personality became a point of contention. Listen very carefully to me this morning. Churches have been split over personality. The cause of Christ has been damaged because of personality. There's two ways, and you see them here, and I remind you that Christ established the local New Testament church. He put an under-shepherd, the pastor, over that local assembly. So there are personality issues that come inside the church and outside the church. Let me just sum it up for you so you and I can be on alert this morning so that we're not distracted from the cross. Paul, you can sense his frustration, says, other than, than these two people, I'm glad I didn't baptize none of you. Paul is dealing with beatings. Paul is trying to get to Rome. And now he's got to stop because people want to say, well, I baptized of Paul and I was baptized of Apollos and, and, and my baptism is better than your baptism. Say, how silly. Oh, I've heard sillier amongst God's people. Be careful of personality. God's given you a pastor. If you're a member of this church, you have a pastor. Be careful of personality. 
Be careful of anyone inside of the church or outside of the church that tries to build a following unto themselves. Well, whose side are you on? Be careful of anyone who tries to build a following. I can say this with a clear conscience. I'm not trying to build a following. I'm trying to point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm willing to be misunderstood and even maligned in order to keep the focus on Christ. Well, so-and-so, they were, they, they were offended. And I, I, got, I, need, I, need, I need to rally people to their cause. It ain't about your feelings. It's not about my feelings. Quite frankly, it's not about your opinion, my opinion. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about Him. Be careful of personality. Well, just, you know, just, you know, well, we just, we just don't mesh. We just, this person, our person don't get along. Well, this building's big enough for you to sit on one side and them to sit on the other side until you two get your hearts right, together, right? and so y'all can get along together. But you know, there's people I get along with that I do so, if for no other reason, because God put us together to reach a city for Christ, to reach a world for Christ. Be careful of those that are trying to recruit people to themselves. That's why the, the, the assembly that you always ought to be a part of is the assembly that's here for everybody each and every Sunday. It's personality can be a distraction from the cross. And I have no problem saying this as a pastor. It's not about the pastor. I'm willing to be misunderstood. Because there's some situations that sometimes people think we're handling wrong, but if you knew what I knew... You don't understand why I was so strong from this pulpit. Pastor, why don't you just let everybody know? Because it's not about me. It's about Christ. And I don't want to be pulled away because of a personality. I want my focus to be on Christ. And quite frankly, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. That's why with everything that's happened in the last three years, I've tried very hard not to bring politics to this pulpit, not to bring opinions to this pulpit, because each and every Sunday we need to be lifting up Christ, have the focus on Christ. This world needs Christ more than it needs anything else. And we need to be careful that a personality doesn't keep our focus, get us distracted from the main thing. Number two, I find procedure. He comes right after the text we just read about the baptism and who baptized who. Is Christ divided? How many of you are saved this morning on your way to heaven? Everybody got saved the same way? Well, my way is different than you didn't get saved. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's not a Baptist way, a Catholic way, a Muslim way, a Presbyterian way. There's just one way. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. While, then he says in verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize. Now, I've had some people say, well, Pastor, that's, that's why I don't have to get baptized. No, you're, you're throwing out a whole lot of other scripture on baptism. But what Paul is saying is, he says, but to preach the gospel. 
Not with wisdom of words, as the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Some were bringing the issue of who baptized them because it made them look good. Because they felt like it made them sound smart. And what Paul is saying is there's no need for baptism if they're not first getting saved. What he's saying is if the focus isn't on the most important thing, the second thing, the third thing, the fourth thing, the fifth thing don't matter. And if I could try and help us as a church and help the cause of Christ this morning amongst Christian people, if, if, the, if the world's not getting saved, our, our secondary and third and fourth and fifth, they don't matter. He's not saying baptism doesn't matter. Baptism is a picture of what Christ did for us. It's not part of salvation. Only by faith, by grace are you saved. It's not part of salvation, but it is a picture of salvation. Now, I'll just say, if you're saved and, and Christ forgave you of your sins, why would you not want to be identified with Christ? Why would you not want to be identified with His church? He's not saying it's not important. He's just saying that whoever baptized you is not as significant as the cross. Let me illustrate that if you'll allow me. Let me say, you cannot have the secondary without the primary. Can everybody count the ten? You know before you can count the two, you've got to count the one. Before you can count the three, you've got to count the one. You're all getting some pretty good stuff this morning. It's the most important thing is salvation. Now, I'll say this, and then I'll, then I'll illustrate this. I'm not at all advocating that you get saved and then you just set yourself on a shelf and you don't identify with Christ. You don't grow as a Christian. You don't become more like Him. From the time you get saved to the Lord takes you to heaven, you're going to be trying to become more like your Savior. But what Paul was emphasizing is you're arguing over who's getting baptized. It doesn't matter who baptized you if, if people aren't getting saved. And I believe that if we just preach the cross and people are getting saved, in the moment of salvation, the Spirit of God indwells within us. And that's why mingled in this passage of Scripture is the focus on preaching, which we'll talk about tonight. And when we're preaching the Word of God, we're preaching the cross, the Spirit of God that dwells in that new believer is going to bear witness with the Word of God, and they're going to begin to grow, and they're going to say, I believe I should get baptized. I believe I need to be part of the church. I need to believe I need to, I, I need to do what the, the pastor just preached on. And we will grow in our Christian life. But you must first have the Spirit of God indwelling as a child of God before any of that can take place. I'll use an example that sometimes makes some feel uncomfortable. You've heard me say it. I've already said it at Sunday school this morning. We, we, we don't need a political change. Now, I'm not saying I'm satisfied with what we got. All I'm saying is we need the cross of Christ to be preached and elevated. I've read this book from cover to cover multiple times. I am constantly studying it, and I don't find anywhere in there where God said that he blesses a nation because of Republicans. He said righteousness exalts a nation. And by the way, I know some Republicans that aren't very righteous. Righteousness exalts a nation. Could it be that the devil has gotten God's people distracted 
And we'll canvass neighborhoods registering voters when the same Christians won't canvass a neighborhood and give the gospel? I have a philosophy. I believe that if somebody comes and hears about the cross, if somebody comes to my church and they hear the gospel preached and they trust Christ is there, they realize their need of a Savior, they realize they're a sinner on their way to hell, they realize that Jesus is the only way of salvation, they put their faith and trust in Christ and receive Him, now they're a new creature, the Spirit of God seals them to the day of redemption. The Spirit of God dwells in them. I believe the Holy Spirit is capable of instructing somebody who to vote for. And I believe if we keep the main thing... Now, I don't believe there's anything wrong with saying, you know, there's some things in the Bible that, that you should not vote for. But all I'm saying is, are we distracted... We need to be very careful to keep the main thing the main thing. So silly, so simple things like, you know, it's like, well, Pastor, I don't think we should call it Easter Sunday. I think we should call it Resurrection Sunday. It's like, okay, okay. I, I don't mind celebrating the Resurrection Sunday because we celebrate the Resurrection. I'm like, well, that's every Sunday. I forgot to welcome you to Resurrection Sunday today. Because you know why? We're celebrating the Resurrection of Christ. Next Sunday is going to be Resurrection Sunday. What are we celebrating? The resurrection of Christ. What about the next Sunday? It's, it's resurrection Sunday again. All I'm saying is if you want to call Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, if you want to call it resurrection Sunday, I don't really care. The focus is on the cross in an empty tomb. It's on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't think this lost world really has a care, if you will, about what you call a Sunday, what they'd have is a as a burden of sin on their shoulders, and they, they need to hear that there's hope and there's and that they can do something about it. And what they can do is they can put their faith and trust in Christ so that they might have salvation. I, all I'm saying is we need to be careful of two and three when we aren't do, doing one. Procedure number three. I find pride. As a distraction. I imagine by now some who are reading this letter are saying, Man, Paul just sounds like one of these unlearned men. If he had an education, he wouldn't just be ranting like this. He would realize that deep into the scriptures, it's important who baptizes you. But I see the pride in verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Salvation is nothing of yourself and all about Christ crucified. There's a, there was, in this day, certainly, and that's why the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, the chief priests, that's why they all crucified Christ. They rejected faith in Him because it didn't matter their wisdom and their knowledge. 
there's a lot of religious people. There's a lot of smart people who are going to die without Christ. Pride says, I must do something for my salvation. You mean I have to humble myself? Do you mean it's available for anyone? And see, this truth of the matter is, the cross is mocked in the world we live in today. There's got to be something more. No, friend, there doesn't have to be anything more. Christ is enough. Well, after we, you know, we, we have to do that and this and this. No, it's faith. It's by grace. It, it, it not of works, lest any should, should, should boast. And verse number 29 of this same chapter says that no flesh should glory in his presence. There's nobody that's going to get to heaven and say, look at how good I was. That's why I'm here. You needed the grace of God, but I was a cut above. I didn't stoop. And quite frankly, that's why a lot of Pharisees today even have a hard time that God can save somebody out of a gutter. God can save somebody out of a ghetto. God can save the most vile and wicked sinner. All they must do is the same way those that get saved out of Sunday school get saved. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Pride says there's got to be something more than that, and he is reminding these Christians, don't let your pride distract you from the cross. Well, I think, I think, Pastor, I need to be able to serve in a certain capacity in this way and that way, and my wisdom and my knowledge and my experience, and I'm certainly not discounting all of those things, but you know the greatest way that you can serve your Savior is to tell somebody else about the cross? And the talents he's given you is so that you can elevate the cross. I mean, I think we would agree with this. I would think that's why you're here this morning. I, I, want, I want to listen to a, a, a preacher who preaches on the cross and elevates Christ and elevates, ele- elevates the, 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 the gospel and, and makes it all about him. And I certainly think that's the way preaching should be. Bible preaching is that way. But you know what? I like to hear people sing who are all about the cross, who are all about Christ, who are about elevating uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. I like to watch people live who are all about the Lord Jesus Christ, who are all about the Son of God. And friend, you and I must keep the focus in His pride that gets us away from the cross. It's not our wisdom, it's not our ability, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I get to number four, and this is the, then I'll be done. A distraction from the cross, which I think we would all be in agreement this morning, is the most important thing. It's popularity. We are reminded of the scripture I just read, for the preaching of the cross to them that perish foolishness. This is foolishness to those that do not know the Lord. This is foolishness. There's got to be more to that. There's got to be more education in that. And the educated mock simple child of God who says, I just believe. There's got to be 
something more to it, it's not popular. Matter of fact, it was so popular in the day of the apostles in the early church that preaching the gospel got you executed. You go back to the dark ages after the founding of the Catholic Church, believing what I'm preaching right now got you executed. It's never been popular. But I want to draw your attention to verse number 22. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. The Jews never could get over. They had to have that sign. Now, they ignored the fulfillment of prophecy in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they needed a sign. The Greeks, if you think of those ancient civilizations, they were all about the education. They were all about the wisdom. They were all about being so far advanced in society and culture. That something as simple as a former fisherman standing and preaching that you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you must believe that he paid that sin debt. They could not get over the fact that, that there's no wisdom from a man's standpoint. I I made this note, and I'll say it like this to you and I. Don't get distracted by the hype. I call it the devil's hype. Well, we we God is God's gonna do something he's gotta do. Let me just tell you what God'll how God'll move in this world is if we just keep preaching the cross. Let me, just, let me just say this, and it can help whoever needs to be helped with this. The Spirit does not move without being pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's no preaching of the cross, the Spirit of God is not involved in it. There's seducing spirits. All you got to do is go to the book of John, chapter number 14, and Jesus tells you the role of the Spirit of God. It is to point to Christ Who it was that convicted your heart and my heart when we heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ was the Spirit of God. Who it is that will bring conviction to this world is the Spirit of God. You and I, this this sounds so weird to say to this group of people, but I think it's good for us to hear it. We've got to be careful not being satisfied with the Lord Jesus Christ not being satisfied with the cross. Well, it doesn't seem to have a whole lot of signs, if you will, and a whole lot of the wisdom that goes with it. And it's not mainstream, and it doesn't seem to have all this hype behind it, friend. It is just simply Christ died for your sins. He rose again, conquering death and hell. And just by faith, you can have salvation. God did not make it complicated because it's not complicated. There have been moves of God on this earth. And I believe God can move again. But he's not going to move 
without the preaching of the cross. If the message of the gospel is not in it, don't jump on that hype train. Well, this, this person has is, 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 is got this following, and this person has got... It's all about the cross. That's why, and, and I can say this to this crowd, because we've moved locations. We have, we've had church in the tent. We've had three Sunday morning services. We've had, been serenaded by frogs during storms. We've, we've, we've been through all... Don't choose a church on its popularity. Choose a church by its message. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We can get distracted. Those with the, the purest heart can get distracted from the main thing. You know, we, we come to an end of a calendar year and we say, okay, let's, let's refocus. Let's set some, 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 some goals for the next year. Oh, I just got to refocus on this. What is, it's good for us to always be refocusing on what is most important. Sometimes when, when trials come, it, it gets our attention on that which is most important. We get reminded of what really is most important. Sometimes life brings us, brings us things, but all it reminds us of the only thing that really matters is where we're spending eternity. The only thing, the ultimate question that must be answered is, where will we spend in eternity? After this life is over, it's heaven or hell. And friend, if you can say this morning with assurance that I've put my faith and trust in Christ, His finished work on Calvary, it is about the cross. I put my faith in that. I know I've been saved, redeemed. Friend, that's the greatest knowledge anybody can have. That is the greatest peace that anyone can have. And it is the message of the church. I've said this to you. One reason we, I believe God has brought us to this place at this time is I do believe He wants us to make an impact in our city. God has positioned us at the crossroads of literally six counties can have access to where we are right now. From some of those counties, you can get here quicker than you can get all the way across Duval County. I believe God wants us to make an impact. I say, Pastor, does that all it means is our city needs to hear about Christ, about the cross, the fact that salvation is real, that Jesus died for anyone. We are, our city is a unique place and the unique opportunity we have and it's made up, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and I read a lot of the statistics of the people groups that are in our, in our city and around us. No matter what people group it is, no matter what group or how diverse society is, the message is the same for all. It's about Christ. I'm going to be honest with you. If, you make, if it makes you think less of me, I, I can't help that. When somebody comes to this church, I really don't care if they're a Democrat or a Republican. Well, Pastor, how can I don't. I want to know if they've been born again. 
if they've been born again, they've got the same Spirit of God in them as I have in me. The same Spirit of God who authored this book, who bears witness with it. And I think of, I try, best I can, nobody has that complete understanding, but we can imagine what we would be without Christ. We know where we would be going without Him. What would our life be without the Spirit of God? Without the gospel changing us? Say, Pastor, do you, do you think we should elect candidates for abortion? Absolutely not. But you just said you didn't care if, if that, and I don't. I won't, we ought to be, a, the main thing is are you born again on your way to heaven? Then I believe the Spirit of God can do a work in any life, in any heart, and all of those things will fall into place. I promise you, if we get the Lord Jesus Christ back where He belongs in our nation, the political spectrum will fall right into place. Christian, you, you get the cross where it belongs in your home. You get Christ where He belongs in your home. And the marriage will start falling into place. Everything will start falling into place. Oh, yeah, there's going to be opposition from the enemy. There's going to be opposition from the one that hates us. But, friend, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And as a church, as we move forward, we've set some big goals, and I believe we're not only going to meet them, we're going to race by them. Why is that? Because the cross makes a difference. Pastor, that's not popular. You're not going to get a lot of the, of the popular. I'm not after the popular crowd. I'm after whoever God sends this way that needs to hear the message that Jesus saves. That Jesus, Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus will save you if you just put your, your, your faith in him. And I'm just looking for a group of people who will say, why don't we all take what we have and, and why don't we all just work together to get the message of the cross as far as we can get it and get it, get it proclaimed as loud as we can proclaim it because it's the cross that makes the difference. Friend, this church has been one that for a long time has been about the cross. Let's not get distracted. Don't let personality issues distract you from the most important thing. I just can't get over it. Well, get over it. Somebody here in the gospel may depend on you getting over it. Well, I just, you know, I just don't, I, I just... It just don't seem very mainstream or popular. And it's, it's, the th- it's the same message that has been preached since the days of the Scriptures. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, let's not get distracted. If you're here this morning, you've never put your faith and trust in Christ. You've heard enough gospel this morning for you to know that you cannot save yourself. It's because of His sacrifice as the virgin-born, perfect Son of God who made that sacrifice for you and I, took upon Him your sins, my sins, the sins of the world, suffered our death in hell for us. All that must be done is our faith and trust in what He did for our salvation. Everybody that is saved, saved the same way. What about your life? What about your focus? Are you driven by the cross of Christ?
I want to hear preaching to Elvis. He says, I, I, I agree with you on that. But you know what our neighborhoods need? We need Christians who put the cross where it belongs. I'm not talking about, you know, building one and erecting one in your front yard. I think a greater witness than that is every Sunday morning back in your car out of the driveway and going to church. I think greater than that is the Saturday night before you do that, not out in the front yard in a fist fight, and then going to church the next morning. We can make a difference, but it's the cross. I've made it very clear that the direction of this church is to do the best it can to follow this book. I'm not trying to be popular. I'm not trying to be mainstream. I just want to preach the cross. Because you know where that message is popular? popular in heaven. Let me tell you where it's popular. For the person that's down and out, they have no hope. Don't think they have a future. This world has done nothing but beat them up, lie to them, take from them. The truth of the matter is, they went to sleep last night not believing anybody loves them. They woke up this morning convinced that nobody loves them. Friend, what they need is they need somebody to tell them, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We just quit, 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 quit arguing about things that don't matter. It's the cross of Christ. We must keep that as our focus. Father, I pray that you'll use the message this morning.